Hello and welcome to Harold Hey. It's me, Corey Vaughn, with Adam Samaha. We're here talking about Hey Arnold. Um, today is uh, Helga's Love Potion, which was written by Craig Bartlett and directed by Dan Poppenmeyer. Thanks, Craig. <clears throat> yeah. Um, thanks for tuning in. This is uh, this is an episode where Helga really looks at looks at the depths of her heart and herself. Um, what are the other hi- yeah other highlights are like. We talk about placebo effect. Placebo effect. Nice. We talk yeah. about. Um, we barely talk about placebo effect. We we didn't really talk about placebo effect at all. We talked about self medicating. We did. We talked yeah. about finding oneself in the void. Yeah. Oh yeah, the void. Um, yeah. But we hope you enjoyed the episode. It was. It's a. It's a good look in into Helga. Um, as always, a Helga centric episode is. Um, yeah. So real quick, just please be sure to. Uh, uh, email us if you want. It's hey.harnoldhay at gmail.com. We do have a website, harnoldhay.com. Send us $100. Oh, sure. Yeah. Rate and review. That's really important. Five stars. Uh, please. We're yeah. not interested in a four-star kind no. of bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks for thanks for tuning in. Uh, enjoy uh, this episode about Helga's Love Potion. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for... <laughs> love potion uh helga finds her heart um is torn between what she who she wants to be uh and who she actually is uh it's interesting she she wakes up writing this uh pretty good poem about how she wants arnold to see her the way she sees him uh but then it cuts to uh it cuts to school at PS 118 where she's just tormenting Arnold in every way. She's, <clears throat> she's spraying him with water. She's, uh, throwing spitballs at him. She's throwing tapioca pudding at him. Um, as she's being confronted with her love for him, right? Uh, she, she has a poem. <laughs> Mr. Simmons reads a poem of hers and she's like ashamed, but like also it's, it's a good reflection of what she thinks of Arnold. So it, you know, right as she, Right as she sees herself throw a spitball at Arnold, she also gets read by Mr. Simmons her, you know, one of her deepest secrets, which is embarrassing, but like an interesting juxtaposition. Um, And she, after throwing tapioca pudding at Arnold, she runs outside saying, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to even love him anymore. Um, And so she talks to Phoebe for a little bit, who gives her the advice, you know, maybe you need to put, put your obsession behind you. Uh, Helga pretends like it's ice cream, by the way, doesn't tell Phoebe. Um, but she takes that advice to heart and tries to, using solely willpower, um, uh, forget Arnold. But she can't. She sees him everywhere in the, in the clouds, on bill, billboards, on, in, in bushes. Um, and so she takes kind of a drastic step uh, and goes to Madame Blanche's, uh, I don't remember what it was called, like Love Shack or something. <laughs> um, and she... Uh, goes in and says, I, I can't, I don't want to love this boy I know anymore. And so behind Helga's back, uh, Madame Blanche uh, mixes like grape juice and like a couple other things and sells it to her for 10 bucks and says, this will help you forget the thing you love. So that night Helga throws away all of her stuff, 
all of her Arnold paraphernalia, um, drinks the potion, has this crazy dream that's a melding of Arnold and ice cream, uh, and she wakes up thinking that she's Arnold free. And for the rest of uh, the episode, she kind of is this like dull, lifeless void that is walking around school, not bullying Arnold, but also not really being the Helga that the viewer knows. And the climax uh, occurs as she's looking into the water where she has once seen Arnold's face. And she realizes that her life is boring and dull uh, and also easy but still boring and dull and she realizes that without her muse she's not herself and so she goes back to the to madame blanche's love shack or whatever it's called and says i i i I need to love him again i i can't believe that i even did this what a mistake and um you know the madame blanche says oh it was just grape juice (laughs) And so Helga at first is mad because she spent 10 bucks on grape juice, which I understand is a problem. Uh, and then she realizes, oh, but I can love again. And so she bursts out in, in joyous rapture, which she says, uh, runs into Arnold, yells at him, and then walks away and, and says, that's more like it. So she, by the end of the episode, she's back uh, back to love-hating Arnold. And that is uh, that is Helga's love potion. Uh lots of highlights i really like this episode do you have any like quick popcorn highlights that stood out to you i have some well let's hear those first okay okay um i loved uh mr simmons love for helga's poetry uh (laughs) so funny um he when helga's in her like dazed stupor where she doesn't have any feeling he says to her uh, reading your poems and getting to know you through them has been the joy of my life uh, or the joy of my the, the, the highlight of my teaching career and Helga excuse me Helga's response is reading her poem which actually is like pretty good but it's like a dull poem she says like uh, I ate I ate a sandwich mother's still sleeping my dad reads the paper I went to school pretty boring pretty boring poem huh but uh, uh, the side note on this is like that's actually a brilliant poem that's like about the mundane it's like an it's like a non-linear poem about nothing but also everything like Se- like Seinfeld right um, so I kind of love the, the mix there are kind of two jokes at once happening there one is is just the funniness of the poem but then also Mr. Simmons um, really taking like like opening his eyes to who Helga really is. It's kind of cool that that little secret is there. And I don't know why Helga signs her name on these poems. It's pretty funny. So that's like my one, that's a huge highlight for me. I guess the other one is when Helga's being normal, which I, we're going to talk about her, like her um, kind of stupor, I think more, but that to me was so funny. Like her, she, she um, looks at Arnold and instead of falling in love, just says, huh, oh, what a normal guy. Oh, it's great. Uh, I'd have to think what else, but any any popcorn highlights at all? I liked the her boring poem was probably my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it is banal, but it's also like very good. Yeah, like yeah. in true Helga fashion, like even her bad thing is good. Yeah, poetically. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I remember another part. It has nothing to do with the plot, but it's Arnold getting sprayed in the face, and then saying, "At least I have my dignity." Even though oh, he's dripping yeah, yeah. in water, and there's sort of like a, 
like it was like an easy yeah yeah easy yeah an easy joke about because Arnold he's yeah like he's a good kid and he's a smart kid but he's also he is kind of dumb and he is kind of uh, head in the clouds kind of guy and he's a bit dull a little bit yeah at his worst he's for sure dull but that I think is Helga's supposed to, to shine in the show yeah so. at least this episode maybe the show Uh-oh. maybe perhaps Uh oh. well okay okay so what about uh, thesis moments um thesis moments I think when like you were saying when she sort of comes to terms with um I don't know I guess maybe like the risks of being in love and the risks of embracing like life fully does that make sense that she she realizes that those risks are worth, are it, worth it and that she's yeah. not herself without them yes and there's I, like an interconnectedness to everything and part of that is accepting the absurdity of love along with like the beauty of it and all yeah. of the other things that are shown through it and i feel like this isn't just about love it's about any kind of obsession or addiction or whatever like mm-hmm. the question is like when do you draw the line and say no more and when do you say this thing is worth it to like help drive me but i think also it's sort of specific to love because hmm. there's an addictive element to love that is yeah. similar to regular addiction, but this is different. This is different because it's mostly positive. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, yeah. There her, is an episode later with chocolate boy and it's all about addiction. So I yeah. really need to like, <laughs> save that one for later. Yeah. 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 But it, but I think it shows the ad- addictive elements of hmm. love. Yeah. So there's a scene where she, it's towards the end and she's kind of taking the same walk. She took the last time she was obsessed with Arnold where she was, you know, she, she saw him in the clouds and in the bushes and on the billboard and in the river. She has that same walk. It's a mirrored walk of earlier in the episode, except she sees nothing. There's a there's a sign that she looks at that says "empty space for rent," which is a has a whole nother conversation of like um, presence, uh, like pre- uh, yeah, being present. Um, like she what she she was blank in that she, moment. It's like she's just seeing things as they are, exactly as they are, without yeah. any kind of life or imagination or whatever. Um, and so she's standing over the bridge and she disenchanted. Yeah, let's, you know what, let's, uh, let's, let's listen to this little, little bit. Well, this is okay, I guess. I don't feel anything, except I'm bored. Hey, Phoebs. How are things proceeding, Helga? I'm okay. Not high, not low. I'm empty of feelings. That's it, Phoebe. I'm empty. Something's missing. You mean... Ice cream? Huh? You know, ice cream. Your obsession. You're right. Maybe I need my obsession, Phoebe. I need to feel longing and passion and be all mad and mixed up all the time. Maybe I need art. I, I mean, ice cream. To love, to hate, to inspire. But I'm under a spell. Madame Blanche, she's got to reverse the spell. It's my only hope. So I, I think that's the thesis moment because so in Helga fashion, multiple times in this episode, she's weighing two sides. Um, she's weighing her cruel side with her kind side. She's weighing her love for Arnold and her hatred for Arnold. And I think this is kind of that ultimate moment of that where she is saying, okay, I feel good in some ways, but I'm also missing a thing. And so she's confronting her her own nature and she's confronting the nature of love but she's also confronting herself um i mean my the way i read it is that she doesn't feel like herself in that moment and 
when when Phoebe says, "Well, is it because you're missing ice cream?" Uh, Helga remembers what that is and says, "Oh, I guess like without my muse, I I have nothing to live for, to shine for." Which there's obviously some like tragedy in that, but she also sees that her muse, Arnold slash Ice Cream, is bringing her imagination and life and joy, um, and and just dropping that uh, out of nowhere makes her feel less like herself. Yeah, and I think that she is a very inspired young child. Yes. And uh-huh. I think that what she was experiencing was being uninspired. Yeah. She was experiencing not necessarily depression, but just sort of like normalcy. Just seeing things as they are, and they're not bad, like she says. Like but there's it's no fine. drive to it. There's no drive. There's no, like, it's not passionate. Yeah. It's not poetic. It's not romantic. It's none of those things. It just simply is. And I think that is not a space that she ever inhabits in the show. There's very little, like, flatlining with Helga. She's very, she's not, like, manic, really, but she has intense she, feelings. Intense feelings, and she lives her life in, in a very inspired, mm, creative mm, zone. Yeah. That um, I guess she finds out that the sort of the, the, the point of all of that is, is Arnold. Well, it's, it's interesting because she not only loses. So the benefit of not being in love with Arnold is that she doesn't hate him. But the, the negative is that she also doesn't love him either. Like there's no and there's she, no conflict. There's no yeah yeah she has yeah, no yeah. internal conflict. Yeah, that, so yeah, it, it's not that she ever really hates him, but she doesn't have to feel conflicted. Right, right. Which yeah, me and if that's the message, it's actually because like in some ways you look at this and you go, okay, Helga, there's got to be a happy medium between like joyous rapture and like just flatlining. There's got to be a a reasonable way to love a person. And I I guess she's a kid and she, uh, you know. Um, has a shitty family, so it it like makes sense that she's going to respond this way. But I guess if we're looking at it instead of as a critique on levels of love, but instead instead look at it as a um, uh, if we instead look at it as a conversation of conflict, it's actually a positive that she returns to it because she's returning to the nuances of love and life. Well, if you think about it, she's not, like, flighty. It's not like she's always seeking out a new love interest. True, true. So, hmm. although she's very intense with her feelings of Arnold, right? And you, we would, one would wish that there would be some, more of, some sort of, like, different equilibrium. But I think that she has endurance yeah. and sustained attention all on Arnold. <laughs> so, it's not like she just is a... In love with the idea of falling in love, right? Yeah. Which can be unhealthy. Yeah. She actually has her sights set on something. She just cannot get it because she can't come to terms with herself, yes. her environment, her peers, yada, yada, yada. But it, so I think it's not like super unhealthy. It's just the way that she deals with her love. Yeah. Is unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. The two things to think about um, one, I, we t- I talk about a lot here, which is um, uh, feminist abject theory where you like, you hate something so much because it's tied to like the deepest part of you. And so I think the healthy thing for her as a, as a, um, a growth of a, a, of a young person is that she's able to see like, it's not good for me to hate that. I love this thing, even if it brings me conflict because when she, she, there are quotes like, like why, why can't I show my kinder, gentler side? Why do I always 
always show him my cruel side. Why not reveal the tender love I feel? So she's creating a binary within herself where she's saying, this side of me is bad, this side of me is good, instead of the understanding that it, it's a little more complex than that and that even her cruel side is part of her. And by re- it, and this is, this is like my response to seeing this. Like she's seeing when she bullies Arnold, she's seeing and then like meditates on that. She's seeing the conflict in her heart. And instead of actually like pushing through that conflict, she says, that's bad. I can't, I need to like avoid that at all costs. So, you know, let's get medicated and like drop this, drop this love. Um, because all that love brings is inner conflict. And I don't like that. So there is kind of an abject hatred of self because she is unable to like sit with her conflict. Like her only option is, is all or nothing, I think. Well, and it, and she's like, a, she's rejecting her humanity. Right. Right. So, yeah. So to be human is to feel and to experience. Yeah. And so you can medicate your way out of that. As yeah. Helga shows. Yeah. 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 Right. So, but I think that, like like you mentioned before, I think it's sort of showing that that's like it's like the easy way out. But I think easy in the sense that you don't have to have the sort of uh, emotional work that goes huh. on and emotional labor that goes on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's actually harder in the sense that you are doing without. You're you're and doing without your humanity, yeah. not just like doing yes. without a thing that's like fun, but like a thing that makes you whole, a thing that makes you. You know, I think we were talking about her medicating herself, like, off mic. We were thinking, like, hey, is this like, you know, medication for depression or anxiety or whatever, man- manic states? And I think there is a little bit of that there, but I think actually it's more like – because she takes the potion. She has this crazy dream, and she wakes up and says, I feel like I've been hit by a truck, which is what you say when you have a hangover, when you've had, like, too much alcohol and not enough water, right, for those of you who don't know what a hangover is. But I wonder, like, is this – a this is a conversation of avoidance too. It's not, it like maybe medicating is the wrong word more like so does it make sense? Like, so, so there's, there, there's a funny thing she takes the potion. She has like a, what seems almost like a hallucination. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and what's funny is there are people that use say traditional psychedelic substances as a way to confront a feeling or a thing. Right. And bring it, make it such a vibrant experience sure, sure, sure. that you can see it from all of these different angles, right? And this is like a not just like you know a guy eating mushrooms with a parka, like a drug rug on that he got in Mexico, right. you know, in high school. Like these are like shamanic activities that have gone on for yes, for yes, all yes, time. Yes. And so, and indigenous cultures use them, and yada yada yada. So, like that thing to confront something and dive deeper into yourself, right? As an activity. What's funny is she like does the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they're touching on multiple things. It's like a placebo effect. Right. It's like they're touching on some sort of psychedelic experience where you're diving deep mm. within yourself. But instead of her confronting herself, she, like you said, she buries it away and just shuts it off. Yes, So yes. it's almost like she's doing the opposite activity. That's interesting, yeah. And and she, but, but in her negation of her feelings and that void, she actually comes closer to feeling more like herself at the very end mm. so instead of diving deeper to find herself she actually shuts it off but the lacking of that the void of that actually shows that like do you see what i'm saying yeah like, yeah, the yeah. Negative, the, like she still finds something in herself but i think there's a I, there's a meditation called oh, it's like avoidance it, it's similar no it's it's the it's the, it it's the meditation it's um it's like negative meditation or something where you aren't you you say like 
uh, uh, oh gosh, I'm probably butchering this, but it's um, uh, like let's say you're you're thinking about um, uh, God as uh, God is eternal, right? So you, see, you like you'll meditate on the phrase God is eternal, and you'll say it in your head ten times, and you think about the eternalness of uh, God as a being. Like how how does God last forever? Then after you do that ten or twenty times, you switch and say. God is not eternal. God is and, like nothing. And, and yeah. uh, not because um, it's more like it, he's in, like to limit him to one phrase eternal yeah. is not enough. So by saying God is not eternal, you're saying my understanding of the word eternal is one thing. God is more than that one thing. God is not eternal. Then the third thing you say is God is not, not eternal because language is a barrier that we have as, as humans. So, the idea of that is by focusing on the lack of the lack of language, the lack of experience, the lack of understanding within our own um, limited human, bo- you know, uh, dying bodies. Um, wh- whatever the thing you're meditating on, by by th- by meditating as much on the void as as you are in the positive. Um, you'll be able to understand the positive even more. Yeah, and it gives you a different perspective, a different way of thinking right. about it. Yeah, definitely we're out. Yeah, anyway, so uh, that was a long way to say, like, I think you're right that she, like, she, she's avoiding. And so for half the episode, she hates herself. The other half, she's avoiding herself. And then she looks down in the water and she purposefully thinks about herself and says, I feel bored. Uh, I don't feel anything. I don't feel right. How can I shift that and so something about meditating on her lack of self allows her to move into self more strongly i guess this is the most new agey episode we've done so far. <laughs> was, that's so funny because i was thinking there there, there I, 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 my brain went a completely different way because it almost is like shedding she was shedding herself of all humanity and mm-hmm. ego and all these different things oh yeah yeah but yeah. but then through that it was a she was able to actually think yeah actually th- it was like yeah like negative it was like a negative i don't want to say negative meditation negative i don't know wrong. what that is but but negative in the sense that you are lacking right so she Me- meditating on lack basically yeah, yeah so she lives in this super vibrant space mm-hmm. right she doled everything down to put this in this and stupidly she she lives in a vibrant space she doled mm-hmm. everything yeah. down to see what was missing and how things how those things interacted with her individually right and and how they actually had an impact on her mm-hmm. And then was able to see, like, if I take this one thing out, it shows the interconnectedness of it. This is another New Age's thing. Yes. But interconnectedness. You take this one piece out, the entire thing sort of falls apart. Yeah. And it still moves, chugs along, except yeah. it's 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 not at its, like, form of glory, essentially. And it's... Hmm. Hmm. That doesn't mean anything. No, no. It was good, though. It was okay. good. No, no, no. Oh, no. I... Well, what I just said. I feel like it just... <laughs> no, no. It did mean something. I... I, I but follow. I think... But I... And I think... That's the thing I kept thinking of the whole time was... Placebo effect to me is very important in this episode. Uh, the interconnectedness of things is very important. And that... But what I think is interesting also is at the end... So she comes to this realization through la- the, through lacking uh, her muse, essentially. Right. But then at the very end, she just acts exactly the same way. Like she's a ba- she bumps into him like a, 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 out of chance. And they run and slam into each other. And she's about to say, oh, Arnold, like whatever. So, like show her love to him. But then she just goes back to her old. But I think there's less shame tied to that, though. She's like, you know what? This is how I'm processing my love for him, and it's okay. Yeah, 
And it's not okay that she bullies him, but it's, it's, she's less conflicted. She's less conflicted about her conflict. And, and, yeah. and almost like, this is the role that I play. Like, your role is you are my muse. Yeah. My role yeah. Yeah. in yeah. this equation is that I am mean to you. But, you know, Arnold calls that out in that, you know, earlier on he says, you know, you weren't bullying me. Are you okay? And then at the end when she, like, says, move out of the way, you know, football head or whatever, he kind of has like a like a like a half grin because he knows that that the world is back to the way it should be. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't think he likes being bullied, but he likes the system the way it is. Like he like he knows he, he knows his place in the system. Yeah, yes. And when that gets thrown off without any explanation, he's like, "Can we please get back to that space?" Well, and I mean, you don't see him like caring so much about her in the sense of him going like, "Whoa, she's acting weird. I wonder if she's okay." Yeah, I mean, yeah. he doesn't do that, but he just, they just go, "Whoa, that's strange." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what's like, kind of like, what's wrong with Helga? Mm-hmm, not, mm-hmm. not the, like the yeah, extension yeah, of that, yeah. which is like, is she okay? I wonder yeah. what's going on with her or anything like I, that. I want to go back to what you were saying about, um, about her, her removing him. I think she thinks that she's removing him, but what she's actually doing is removing herself. Right. Definitely. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, and to, to just continue the, uh, the other thing I wanted to say about like, so I'm th- I thought I was thinking about the abject feminist kind of ideal of ha- hating self and uh, loving what you hate and all that. Um, but I think to jump, to continue the, the hyper spiritual conversation we f- fell into um, her saying, why do I, why am I showing him my cruel side? I want to show him my gentler side. That's a, uh, that's a that's a like a common trope of of Christian faith saying I do the thing I do want I do the thing I don't want to do and I don't want to do the thing I do want to do, and that is like a human condition that happens to be pointed out by uh, I pro- I think it's Romans it's Paul but regardless it's a common trope that is really a human trope of we do the thing we don't want to do so bad. Like we don't want to do this thing. It's like I will not be. I will not be mean to Arnold. I will not be mean to Arnold. And guess what she does? She's mean to him. And the next day she's saying, "I can't wait to show him the way. I, like I can love him." But she doesn't do it. And that's like a. You know, I don't think, I don't think they necessarily were thinking about like that Christian trope. But I think it's such a human trope that it. it yeah, there's a universal. Yeah, quality it's, there's to a it. universal quality to it, and so that's like where my brain went. But um, yeah, I think I think that's kind of Helga's lot in life is to never do the thing that she really wants to do ever and well, and vice versa. We were talking about this and in a completely unrelated conversation before we were recording this, but I think it's also that there is a comfort to the status quo, even if it makes you unhappy. Yes. And yeah. the, the fear of the unknown and all of the sort of um, pr- potential problems that it brings yeah. almost makes it seem like, I know I don't like this thing, but whatever that other thing is is so unknown to me. It could be better, but it really could be worse. Right. And right. and I think Helga feels that in this episode in this situation, and Arnold also feels it. Uh-huh. But it's worse for Helga because yeah. she has more skin in the game. Mm. So for her to say, "I know how things go if I'm mean to him, and I get to bottle up my love and feelings for him over here." Well. And, and and but then I have no idea what it would be like if I confess my love to him. Yeah. But it would bring potentially this whole world of hurt for my peers and from him. And if it's not reciprocated, then it's a whole, it's like a whole other mm-hmm. can of worms, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. And she, like, she says, I'm not going to dive deeper into this conflict. In fact, I'm going to, like, remove the conflict completely. Totally. Yeah. 
Yeah, and medicate or you know self medicate with uh, with a hangover, right? Uh, let's talk about the dream. I, okay, uh, Arnold. Hey, Arnold is so great because I mean there are a lot of reasons, but um, the dream sequences in this show are pretty thoughtful and weird and consistent. Whenever a person has a moral dilemma or a personal dilemma, they dream about it. Um, and this dream is nothing short of crazy. Um, I like how it, it's kind of Hey Arnold's way of like Freudian connections by having the ice cream included because she referenced it at one point and mm-hmm. it gets, it gets like tangled up in her, in her dream. Um, and I don't know if that means anything other than like just a funny callback. Um, cause she lands in a pile of ice cream shaped like Arnold's head and it melts. And I was looking it up. I was trying to find out what that means. And you know, it was a bunch of like fake websites that aren't really that helpful, but the best I could find is that melting ice cream means that something's unfinished. Um, uh, which, well, that's sort of what I was thinking about. It's like the, the like the finite quality of ice cream. Yeah. Paired with, I guess the, the, like the, falling out of love. Yeah, and, and even, like, contrasting that with Arnold, which is, like, a more... It's a substantial thing. Yeah, like, yeah, you have, like, I don't, I don't know, like, a frivolous thing, like ice cream that is finite, and then you have a human that is, like, so much more complex and mm. more truly desirable. Yeah, and I mean, she, like, the whole dream is, is you get the feeling of falling and losing a thing, because she, she touches the heart of Arnold and it breaks and then she falls in the ice cream and it melts and then you see her falling through like symbols of Arnold and and she like can't grasp anything and then she falls into bed and falls asleep Um, but that like the whole dream is a conversation I guess of like like slowly losing a thing in your mind and like it it melting away and like you said frivolous and um, like short term but I also think it shows sort of the like Insan- like the insanity of love too totally yeah um and i think i don't know i i, I think it's like one of those things that love and the, those types of feelings are like hard to quantify and it's hard to tell like is this a good thing is this an unhealthy thing mm. like where are you supposed to actually be in this in, in in within the realm of love you know what i mean and it's hard for them and, and it's hard for this conversation through them because there it's n- the love isn't reciprocated necessarily mm-hmm. so it's like you don't get to see it actually play out so it seems very unhealthy and incorrect and insane because it's always in Helga's head yeah it never gets to manifest in any way and i th- i i think that's because this is a children's cartoon and so they're using like extreme versions to like have this conversation and yeah. if it was like the way you and i pined over girls in you know junior high and high a school boy did we ever boy did we ever but like that's way more subtle. It's like, oh, she's like cute and fun, like that. Like that's the only thought that goes in through her head. But I, but I think also, because there's no, there's no valve to release, it just gets well crazier and crazier and crazier because it's always just mold over in her head. Because there's no way to say like, yeah, this thing doesn't work in any way, right? Like I say, I like you, and he goes, I don't like you, and they go, oh, I'm so sad, and then you move on. Because she never expresses yeah, it, it true. just goes grows yeah. and grows in yeah. her head. It's like when you're an, you're in anxious and you have this anxiety in your head, and it just you keep feeding it, and feeding it's it, called, feeding it, feeding it. I call it stewing. Yes, yes. I lose. Sleep. It steeps. Yes, and it just like the thing just has. It's so strong. It's potent. yeah. It's it, potent. Like you 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 fall asleep and it's like a grain, and you wake up and it's a boulder. Yeah, 
Definitely. Which doesn't, I guess, maybe a, a small snowball. I got you. You got me. I got Thank you, man. Thank you. I really want to. I want to ask a. I want to ask a therapist or a psychologist who's who's watched this show a lot to say, "Hey," because the problem is they usually haven't seen it. Like, but <laughs> I say, love that too. <laughs> yeah, um, and and find out like how has Helga's family life led to her obsession over Arnold? Because I know it's tied. Those are tied together. It's mm-hmm. like she's looking looking for love in all the wrong places that's the i mean she because she's not getting love in one place she's like overthinking her love in another place or something i don't know what the what it is but but i think what you saw in this is that her it's not just love like this is like her it's her and it's like her way of being in touch with herself yeah and it's like her way of being like not self-intimate that sounds rude but like i get what you're saying yeah having some sort of internal intimacy it's how your how her heart opens up and i yes. think mr simmons sees that i mean he, yeah he doesn't know who she's pining after but for him to say like i'm getting to know you through your writing and so regardless of what it's about she's a good writer for a nine-year-old and he like you know it's it's a passing joke him saying it's the joy of my teaching career but i think he's right that it doesn't matter who she's writing about she's using that as a way to communicate her heart. Well, and like a muse allows the artist or person to tap into some sort of inspiration and creativity Yeah. that only, well, I guess only they have the key to the muse. They, they have the key it's to the, where it starts, but everyone yes. else sees something there yes. and, and is able to learn something about them in a general way. So you least. can't just like have no talent and a muse and then paint a wonderful painting. Well, I don't think kidding. it works no, like that. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's some, there's something there. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah, but I think that is to 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 you as the, the artist or the person, the creator, or whoever it is. Like the, the rest of the the lot seems mundane and boring yeah. and trivial. Mm-hmm. But then there's that one person that sticks out to you, and it like releases all this sort of inspiration and creativity. Yeah, I mean that's Picasso, who was crazy. Um, so it makes sense. A lot of crazy people. He had a muse. Uh, he did. He he. So he's interesting. His um, I, when you say artist and muse, I really do think Picasso. He had a whole series of work where he. It's actually like a really strange series of work, but he would kind of paint himself as a minotaur, like a uh, like a half man, half bull. He'd also paint himself as the painter, the artist, more like. Um, so he was his own softer. Muse? No, because he would also paint, um, usually like. Uh, uh, naked women or like just beautiful women but he would he would do it he he knew what he saw in himself was that part of him was like this minotaur who's this like ravaging beast that 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 like wants the muse it's like he was a very uh, screwed up dude um but half of himself was this like thoughtful painterly guy who knew how to connect with his muse in like a personal caring loving way and the other half of him was this like monstrous being and i think by him painting it, into it, yeah, him painting that um, or draw and drawing that was his way of like confronting that, confronting that binary in his heart, um, and and realizing that both of these are him. Something that just came to my mind as well is the idea of a female character having a male muse is very interesting. It's it's rare in it is rare because yeah. I feel like often it's the other way around. Totally, yeah. It's like the male writer or artist or whatever male artist having a female muse and you compare you compare that to um 
Arnold's muse, who at first is Ruth McDougal, and in a few episodes you'll see it's uh, Lila. Um, spoiler alert, sorry. Um, Arnold's love for these two girls. But it's so surface level. Exactly. Helga's exactly. Isn't. No, no, that's what, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, it, it's comical. Like, the, yeah. especially the way with him and Lila, that, that arc is so funny because he can't, like, he can't dig any deeper, and, and Lila sees that and, like, like doesn't reciprocate whereas helga she never like releases any information but the viewer kind of knows if she did arnold might like really find that attractive because the depth of her heart oh it's so real yeah well and because she maybe to the kids she seems not she seems like a one-dimensional character right where she's just a bully and they always talk about her as just a bully. Whereas Arnold comes across as like very deep and thoughtful, which in some ways he is, but in other ways, uh, Helga. It's, it's because he has like what is what do they call it? I think it's sort of a weird condescending thing. Oh, um, emo- emotional intelligence. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he he's like very he has like high emotional. He's connected. Yeah, yeah. He's tuned in. But but what I like in this episode is Helga kind of knows that he's an idiot. Uh, M- Madame Blanche yeah. says like, well, tell me about this boy. And Helga's like, oh, he's, um, he's sweet and caring and beautiful and also kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. She like literally says kind of a stupid boy. Well, in, in comparison to her. Yes. Everyone he is. definitely is. Well, yeah. Other than like, and that, and I just thought this now that might be why she's so close with Phoebe. Cause that's the only person who's at the same intellectual level as she is. Now yeah. Helga pretends like she's a, like a, a dumb oaf. But in reality, she has this like high, super high IQ, and like Bill Clinton. Who? I don't know. Oh, uh, former, former possible first husband. <laughs> yeah. Right. That, that's all he was known for. All he was known for yeah, was yeah. almost uh, becoming the first first husband <laughs> or first man. What do they call it? First gentleman. Yeah. First. Uh, we first gent. Had one yet? Maybe one day. One Maybe can only one hope. Day. Ivanka, please. Oh man, this is. I really love this episode, but I love anything with Helga. Helga's like, yeah, she's great. She's great. Um, uh, cry of the week. Do you have one? Cry of the. I will. You go first. Okay. Uh, <laughs> she, when she's looking over the bridge and oh. doesn't see anything, she looks at the sign. It says, uh, uh, "Empty space frontier," and then she looks in the water and says. I don't feel anything. It's boring. That is like the most in touch that she's is. been, even though she's not, she's saying, I don't feel in touch, but that itself is being in she touch. Feels the void. Oh, feeling, feeling the void. Feeling the That's void. it. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I'm, I, I'll give it a full cry. I'm doing it. A hundred, 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 hundred tears, hundred tears. Dang. That's a lot of tears. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think I, I don't know. You can agree with me if you want. I, I do agree with you, and I think, shoot, I don't know. This, this episode was tough for me. You didn't love it. I like liked the idea of it, but it just didn't resonate. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I like the idea. I think it's a. I don't. It's me. This is the episode's fine. This, this is all my fault. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's not your fault. Yeah, it is. is it's a not you. From it's me. Goodwill Hunting. It's not yeah. your fault. Oh, nice. It's not your fault. Um, yeah, I have nothing. You got nothing. So were you? Nothing. You weren't emotionally connected to this episode. At no, all. that was my problem. Did you? Okay. But I did like it. I did think it was good. I didn't think the plot was necessarily amazing, but I did think, like, the things being talked about were pretty good. Yes, that I agree. That's exactly how I feel, and I think 
shoot. I don't know. I don't know. It's my fault. So no tears. Yeah, none. All if right. I'm being honest. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, but I do think that this is an interesting. Uh, I like the idea of learning something about yourself through lacking. Yes. Is that's interesting. Good. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, um. So that's I think positive. That's like no tears. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like that approach. Um. Uh. Before we get to the the jazz of the week. Uh. Hey. Uh, write us emails, please. Rate and review. Yeah, please do all those things. And we apologize to. There's a lot of sounds in this episode. I feel like we got some sort of air conditioning unit thing going down. Yeah, we have like people a party. walking by. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know what it is. Yeah. So sorry. Living in New Orleans is loud. <laughs> we don't live in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, jazz. Got it. Jazz. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, we got. I I feel like I'm willing to say this. We got we got an email from somebody. Um, what was his name? Was his name Sean? Did we talk about this already? We or haven't no? talked about it yet. Are you sure? We haven't talked. No, we have not talked okay. about it on this email. Yeah. But Sean, was his guy? name Sean the guy? Yeah. Yeah, he was great. So I, he the 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 crane operator. Yeah, we might have talked about this a lot because this was really cool. But Sean, if you're still listening, thank you for the email. He, is his name Sean? I I'm gonna look it up. Tell the story about who it is though. So this guy just like emails us out of the blue, and he said this thing. So. It's like hard to lead into, but he sent an email that said he likes the show, which is fantastic, right? Yeah, yeah. We, Everyone we should like it. the yeah, show. Yeah. We love that. We, we love it. We love it. Um, and But he said that he is like 28 or something like that, 27, and he's a crane operator in, in Boston. In Boston, and he listens to our stupid asses talk all the time while he's working and operating his crane. And I think there's a – this is la- – my enjoyment of this email was so layered and complicated because – I love the idea of a peer listening to us talk. Yeah, he said he was 27, which is our age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm 28 now. So. Well, I'm 28 also. But, so he's a, he's a little <laughs> so younger. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're like one year older. Um, I, so, I'm 28 and a half. So yeah, I mean, oh, dang. Yeah, his name's Sean. His name so, is Sean. Sean. Okay, so. No last name. Oh, Sean Wyatt. Hi, Sean, Sean Wyatt. Wyatt. Hi, hi. Just, yeah, tell his name to everybody. So he lives, another, he lives across the country from us, which is awesome. He operates a crane. He listens to our podcast while he's working like a pretty like interesting American blue collar yeah. job. He's which like I think Bruce is Springsteen. It's like Bruce Springsteen's listening yeah. to us. I, it I, is similar and, to that. And I like even just a crane operator is such a Hey Arnold kind of job because like Ernie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he's a, he he demolishes things. Right, but but similar kind of like <laughs> like like yeah, a, yeah. like using a big piece of machinery yeah. in construction. Totally. Um, I I like. It's like Ernie's listening to us right now. Well, and I feel like I, I, I think there's something a lot of us in this kind of age, we're always grappling for like authenticity and we're right. grappling with like, what, what is, how do we get back to like real jobs? You know, there's a lot of that conversation yeah. going on. And I think crane operators like a thing where you go, that's badass. You don't think about it, but it's really awesome. Like I make fucking yeah. coffee and that's dumb. Yeah. Like everybody does that. But how many cranes we got going around? Not enough. Not enough it, cranes, it was John. it was such an it was such a easy like there was like all he said was where he lives his job his age and he likes listening to our episodes on the road and that meant so much to on us on the job on the job yeah yeah like that that meant so much to us because 
it just shows us i don't know it's, it's like, like being dropped into somebody's regular part of their day yeah it's kind of yeah. awesome we, we love your so complicated if, emails too I, i'm just saying this like no i don't like those fucking emails. <laughs> i like sean's no no email. oh no that's this, what this, I'm is, this is like a, a like so great um, i don't want to hear about ordering of the show i just yeah. want if you can top sean's crane occupation please tell us go ahead yeah. try if you're still listening at this point <laughs> yeah yeah that's right you owe it okay. to us so anyway thank you sean for the email um thank you everyone for listening email us uh at, yeah uh, i think the information is at the top of the show um but we'll say uh we'll say right now that for the jazz of the week i had this like idea like thinking about this this show um this episode uh is about like forgetting your love uh, removing your love from your from your brain and there's a there's a musical set in the 20s called uh, uh thoroughly modern millie and there's a song called forget about the boy and uh it's a little little jazzy hum it for us huh hum it for us i'm not gonna hum it because it's gonna yeah. be playing behind us nice try though <laughs> uh uh so i you know I, i'm a closeted uh musical fan um so this came to my, my mind right away how to convince adam that this is our song of the week um but yeah i went is, along yeah yeah thank you for going along uh, so this is Forget About the Boy um, from Thoroughly Modern Millie, starring Sutton Foster. This is, the I think, 2002, uh, somewhere around there. Um, so, yeah, in, in, enjoy um, this song about forgetting about love. And thank you for joining us. Thanks for, thanks for coming in. No canary in a cage for me. This canary's ready to fly free. Cut the cord. Is that a man I once adored? He's nothing but an albatross, no great loss, double crosser. Forget about the boy, pull the plug. Ain't he the one who pulled the rug? He's lower than an alley cat, dirty rat, 